Hello and welcome back. Hi, Lydia. Hi, Sophie. Welcome back. Where are you right now? I am at home. And where might I find you? You'll also find me at home. Mm, We are brought together by the power of the internet. And uh, listeners, we assume that you will be at home as well. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Here we are bringing back our somewhat regular podcast that became much less regular over 2019. And here we are in 2020. Uh, bring it back with 2020 vision. <laughs> we are, yes. Those of you who are familiar with the Pomcast, this is our podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. And uh, for many years, we were a monthly, more or less monthly podcast. But at the beginning of last year, we decided to take a break as we uh, had many work pressures that meant we weren't able to put as much joy into the podcast as we would have liked. But yeah, now in this this 2020 time we're coming back so welcome if you are a regular listener welcome back we've had so many lovely messages i think we should start by saying that of people saying when's the podcast coming back and i don't think we knew when the podcast was coming back i don't think we could have said this is when the podcast would be coming back so yeah thank you for everyone who reached out who said um, that they missed the podcast and we hope this is a nice uh treat to come back to her little version podcast light we're sort of feeling it is we're sort of still working out what this version of uh, podcast will be in these scenarios uh, also with the various tech limitations so thanks for your patience with that also we're a little rusty <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be able to tell that we uh, haven't presented a podcast in a while but I'd like to say that some kind of muscle memory will kick in at some point and uh, we should have some smooth sailing oh the segues i can't wait to get back into a good segue (laughs) (laughs) yeah love those segues um but yeah as sophie said we're not 100 percent sure what this new podcast 2.0 will bring what it will look like but we hope that you're um, as pleased to have us back as we are pleased to be recording again but yeah maybe for those people who are not familiar with pomcast we can do a little overview Yes, yeah, so the focus mainly is uh, Pom Pom Quarterly. It's a quarterly magazine, which is sort of the uh, the epicenter, the foundation of what this uh, podcast comes from. Uh, we'll talk about news, what's happening in the Pom world, uh, what we're making, uh, tell and tell, which is like uh, show and tell. But um, yeah, you get the idea. Actually, this is a novel. So Lydia and I are on, uh, this is uh, for any of you who are interested, we're on a Zoom call which is muted, and then we're using a super-duper internet recording uh, device to record. So we've got all the tech set up. (laughs) Yeah, normally, traditionally, uh, should we say, the section where me and Sophie are talking would be recorded with us physically in the same room, but we are currently uh, socially distanced. Yes, I think we've covered that, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so Pom Pom Quarterly is a quarterly magazine, and... We at Pom Pom also publish books uh, from time to time. But yeah, this podcast is mainly us chatting about making things. We like making things. Yeah, what it is to be two friends who make make it a things, as we often say. (laughs) So yeah, the podcast normally, I say normal, the regular podcast would be a bit longer. Often we spoke to makers, uh, designers, people involved in the, the world of 
crafting. We're thinking that maybe we'll chat to some friends in this sort of uh, different version of the podcast. But yeah, it'll be sort of a little bit of what we're doing, what Pom's doing, and maybe a little bit of what you're doing. We always like to hear from people. You can always get in touch. There's the Ravelry forum where you can find Pom Pom. There's a nice group of people there. And also we have an email address, which is podcast at pompommag.com. So you can, uh, we'll blow the dust off that email account and uh, you could send us a little note. Why not? <laughs> say, say what you've up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always really love hearing from listeners, um, of course. And we are excited that you are now going to be hearing from us. But of course, we've sort of alluded to the fact that we are on lockdown uh, at the moment. We're coming up to almost nine weeks, I think, of lockdown in the UK. So, yeah. So it's been an adjustment. For us, of course, like we've said, we would normally be recording this in the same room and we're sure that you have been, you know, potentially having social distance related interactions with friends and loved ones, potentially via Zoom, which is uh, has really uh, exploded <laughs> during lockdown. But I think it's reasonably safe to say that lockdown for us has been more of an existential crisis, um, although thinking about a global pandemic is something that we all have to carry in various ways, but we are thinking of anyone who's affected by this in difficult, uh, you know, different and more difficult ways than us. And we hope that wherever you are, you are safe and hopeful. And we hope you've been able to do some crafting. Yeah, I think although this podcast, maybe even for us recording it now with each other, it's a little bit of a, a relief and a little bit of escapism. There's, um, I think we're not making light of the the situation. Um, and anyone who's experiencing that will experience it in different ways to us and that's that's all valid and uh, welcome along in any way that you are and what you're doing well I guess maybe we should uh, we should get into some catching up Maybe it's worth us starting with a little 2019 review. If anyone does listen to the podcast regularly, and I say regularly, you listen to the one episode that happened in 2019. <laughs> we have, of course, had nits and hits and nits in 2019 that we'd like to recap on. So, Lydia, what are your top hit nits from 2019? I wanted to find a rhyme with 2019 for hits and nits. Uh, 2019... Bit. Queens of Nits. No, that's bad. No, 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 no. 2019 bits. <laughs> Snippets. Snippets. I told you we were rusty, guys. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you know. Uh, <laughs> we'll just gloss over that. So, um, let's see. Yeah, I was thinking about what I'd made last year. And the main things that came to mind were the plethora of snowshoe socks which I produced. And I now can't remember whether those were mainly 2019 or whether they were mainly early 2020, but I'm just going to throw them into this catch-up mix because I feel uh, strongly that snowshoe socks probably the defining feature of the last year of my knitting. Uh, and uh, just to catch people up, the snowshoe socks are a pattern that were in Knits About Winter, which is a book uh, by Emily Foden of Viola Yarns, which we published um, in 2018. And it featured this pattern, snowshoe socks, which are quite sort of simple sock design, but um, you hold two sock yarns double. 
um, whilst making them. And this just made my tiny knitting brain explode with possibilities because I have many scraps of sock yarn. And the fun thing about snowshoe socks was playing with different holding, you know, holding things together and different combinations and using up lots of scraps. And I probably made about 20 pairs of those socks. I like it when you start the section, you said, I've been knitting plethora, a plethora. And I was like, which pattern is plethora? I've forgotten <laughs> when we published that. <laughs> we'll keep that aside as like a new name for a, for a fun pattern. But yeah, so I've been, I was really, really enjoying making those. Uh, and I would definitely say to check that pattern out. Anyone who is into making socks and has some scraps they want to use and they knit up fast because, you know, holding things double makes the yarn thicker. And then my other main thing that I made last year that I really love was my Izumi jumper, which was designed by Natalie Sellers and was in issue 20 of Pom Pom. But um, I started it many years ago, more or less when that pattern first came out. And I picked it back up last summer. So probably a couple of years after I'd first started it. Um, And all I had was like the sort of ribbing. It's, It's bottom up. So I had like just some ribbing and like a little bit of stockinette. And then I managed to finish it within three or four weeks, I think. It's got this beautiful like lace and cable design over the shoulders and I made it in Quince & Co. Chickadee. So it's, and it's quite like sweatshirty because the yarn is, um, you know, it's not super fluffy or anything. So it's quite a good spring yarn. And whenever I wear it, I get many compliments and I like that about it. Also, I love it. I think when you said sweatshirt, that's when I think of that design. It's uh, like a green colour in the magazine, in the photos. And it's something about that shape where the, the elegance of the lace over the shoulders, but the very simple, wearable shape of the jumper really does bring it as like a, a key piece to a wardrobe, I think, which uh, of course is what you found. Yeah, no, I've been wearing it loads um, ever since I finished it. And yeah, I feel like that was, and it was nice to pick something up that I'd put aside for such a long time and be like, no, I do still want this. Because sometimes in that situation, you just think, no, I, I actually don't really want to make this anymore for whatever reason. And, you know, rip it back and, and you know, put the yarn aside for something else. But I, it was nice to have that sort of weird connection to two year ago, Lydia, who started this jumper. And then last summer, Lydia, who still wanted the same jumper. Nice. When we're describing these things, I realise this is how rusty I am now, is that for everyone listening who's like this is great but I want to see the knits that they're talking about every episode we have a accompanying blog post where you can find all the show notes for all these fantastic uh garments and knits and adventures that we're talking about um and hey there's a whole back catalogue of that so you know (laughs) why not explore it (laughs) exactly um so what about you Soph what's your uh your top hits top of the knits 2019 we still haven't got a rhyme. That's okay. Um, <laughs> We're just riffing on top of the pops now. It's different to a rhyme. So. Sure. <laughs> it's Friday night. It's still number one. It's uh, my Woodwardia. So Woodwardia was the front cover of issue 28 designed by, oh wait, Lydia Glug. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia's just making like rock and roll signs to me on the uh, Zoom camera. <laughs> I also just realized that I completely forgot that I made Woodwardia last year and I've made several of those. But anyway, <laughs> you go on. Well, let's both talk about Woodwardia. So, yeah, Woodwardia was uh, issue 28, the front cover. It's uh, a pink roll neck, very simple, has a little raglan detail uh, of, a, of uh, like, some little pearls. You've got over a stocking stitch and you've got a little pearl detail there. It's one of the first things I made in 2019, and it just came to mind immediately as a top hit knit because I've worn it 
most consistently, I'd say, over the past year and a bit. Uh, it's just, it's, it sounds like a real suck up to you, right? You know, <laughs> it's just so wearable and easy. To, it was easy to knit. It was just like a lovely project that flowed. <laughs> I made it in uh, this lovely rusty orange. It gave me such great joy. So top hit knits was I made a pair of gloves and that felt very significant because I've always wanted to knit a pair of gloves. But when I started, I mean, I've knit for like several, several years, but it always seemed that like marker of, you know, sophistication and being able to knit if you could knit gloves. Like it just seems completely impossible and I hadn't connected that in my brain that I could actually, I could actually do that now. So I made this pair of gloves and I was using a drops pattern, which was free on Ravelry. And I was sort of being able to sort of change the maths. So I was doing different finger shaping and essentially made this beautiful tailored gloves, which fit like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was a, that was like a triumph moment in my brain where I was like, I've, become that that level of knitter that I didn't I didn't realize that I'd le- taught myself all these skills or learned them over numerous years that like gloves were actually really easy for me now so that was that felt like very significant cool that is very exciting I have still not cl- uh, crossed the bridge to gloves glove making gloveland yeah gloveland gloveland <laughs> somewhere up north yeah yeah <laughs> good work so yeah, I think maybe um, that I I hadn't realised that. I think when someone asks you that question, it's like, "What are your top hits of knits uh, of 2019?" I think, well, you know, maybe that's a nice uh, moment for if someone's feeling a bit lost with their knitting right now to recap triumphs or even uh, you know acknowledging failures of stuff that didn't go well, and then like, "Well, I'm going to rip that and try something else." I think that's a nice kind of grounding thing to do right now with where you are as a knitter, maybe. Or yeah. a crochet or a crafter, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. Take some stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Um, I was talking to a friend about this, how, you know, lost my knit a little bit this year in the current scenarios. I don't know if that's anything that you identify with. Yeah, I think what what happened? I think I finished a project early this year. Oh, yeah. So I finished my Chris jumper from Knit How, which was our beginner's book. And I really like, I mean, I like all the patterns in that book, obviously, but I particularly like the um, simple jumper patterns because I love a simple jumper. You know, I love the beautiful, complicated jumpers too, whether that's because of colour work or cables and lace, but I've just found myself more drawn to kind of um, plain jumper designs. So yeah, I finished that jumper and then afterwards, I just couldn't think of what I wanted to make. And I think the timeline was more or less like I finished that jumper and then within a month or so, we were maybe not quite on lockdown, but things were looking, you know, like they were going that way and it was starting to become, uh, you know, the pandemic was starting to become something that was like getting bigger and, and sort of physically closer. Yeah, and I just kept starting new snowshoe socks and just ripping them back. I just like, couldn't decide on anything and just felt a bit like, I guess, overwhelmed. Mm. I think it's, um, I initially, I wrote a big long list. I'm a big fan of writing lists. 
So I thought this is my time to start this giant crochet blanket that I've never started. Or now's my time to master Fair Isle. And now is my time to start this and this and this. I think that was good for me in a sort of, uh, you know, to get it all out, have that brain dump of a, a list of things. But initially I um, also felt overwhelmed with that list that I've created for myself and expectations. I think there's been a lot of talk about that with, now we have more, you know, quote, more time. Um, I think within that, there's still time is a, is a different thing. How the landmarks of time of, well, for me, I found like the landmarks of time of being, being at work, coming home and that shift in how I relax. Yeah. I think there's been, you know, there was kind of a lot of, talk of like having more time and I think you know that's quite specific to people like ourselves who like you know don't have kids at home and we're not key workers um so we're able to work from home uh and yeah it sort of means that we like aren't commuting and so have more time and you know we're not going to be out and about in the evenings maybe so we have more time but that doesn't necessarily translate into more time where you feel like safe and productive in the current Mm. circumstances you know there's all sorts of things going on that are big and scary and that affect us in various ways. Um, and so it's, yeah, I was definitely finding it quite hard to concentrate long enough to start. I think if I'd have already had something ongoing, that might have been easier, but the kind of starting of a new big project and it felt like it should be a big project because of this, like, we've got time, like, you mm. need time. And I think the pressure of that f- was... Yeah, it was, but it was kind of an internal pressure, like pressure on myself to, yeah, like magically find the energy for this. Right. And where does that come? That's a whole other podcast. Where does that come from, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, I found it tricky. But have you managed to find like some some crafting energy? Yes. So this is like neatly moving. This is the segue. So tell and tell. We tell each other what we're knitting right now. So um, I started a garter stripe blanket, which is a project by Stephen West, which is essentially loads of scrap yarn, well, you know, loads of scrappy yarn, big chunky worsted weight, and you just knit, knit, knit. It's a simple I-cord edging, and I thought that is what I need. I've always wanted to make like a big giant blanket out of loads of scraps, and I thought this would be a good project to like soothing garter stitch, minimal choices in what I need to do. And so I went through my stash and I have those yarns that maybe you've uh, fallen out of love a little bit with, you know, mm-hmm. you're not sure where they're going to fit. And maybe there's like half skeins, you know, like, where are these going to, what, what is this life for this skein and this yarn going to be? And I thought, this is the blanket for you. So I arranged them all. And like I said, a low commitment project, but then I started getting very uh, concerned about stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's such a like, I'm like, I, as like a knitter or like craft a thing you're like oh I know what I'm concerned about stripes yes yes I know exactly what yeah, you yeah. <laughs> um I did have a friend who said it was useful if you get like a little strip of card and you wound uh your little bits of yarn on to get an idea of stripes but then you know I, I just let myself be and I uh just did some uh freeform striping with that and that's been a nice project to have and it, as it's getting bigger it's essentially um I don't know. It feels like uh, it was like uh, knitting my feelings basically into this giant, big, heavy, cozy 
softening blanket you know every just kind of dampens at the corners of everything this big giant heavy blanket <laughs> oh, nice. I mean I've seen pictures of your blanket and I you know I'm a very big fan do you feel like it's been useful to kind of see because I find one of the things that I like about making physical items is being able to like see how you've spent your time and sometimes mm. that can be frustrating because you're like I don't like it ah! but sometimes it's like really wonderful because you're like oh I feel like I haven't really done much and then you're like oh but I have this hat or whatever so has that kind of felt grounding or useful yeah I think so and it's nice to sort of revisit yeah it's sort of going going through the stash and sort of reigniting it's been like a very like low-key way to sort of reignite interest in lots of different projects again with yarn and yeah it is like a like you say like a marker and the I'm using so I'm using lots of scraps but I'm using a Icelandic wool that I um, have as like a base so everything's being held with that one strand of this grey wool and I wasn't sure what to use with that project so it felt like a special wool that I bought from Iceland when I went there to um, on holiday so that I think that's nice that it's like oh this is what this uh, yarn's purpose is <laughs> and it kind of ties all the other colours together yeah exactly yeah so that's that's been one of my big projects right now. Um, what about you? Well, I you know I wasn't doing very much knitting, but I just before lockdown, I suddenly got it into my head that I would get into macrame, which I'd tried once before, maybe a couple of years ago, just like like you know just had a little go on it, and I'd quite enjoyed it. Um, so I ordered some uh, macrame cord. I made um, a bunch of plant hangers, like quite simple ones. So they only take an hour, a couple of hours maybe. And I found that relatively instant gratification. I mean, it's instant if you're a knitter compared to like a lot of things that we make that take, you know, much longer. I found that really helpful, I think. And also possibly, you know, making a plant hanger. I personally am less maybe emotionally invested in plant hangers than I am in jumpers I'm going to wear. So it was like there were less choices involved. You know, it's just like, I'm going to make a pink plant hanger. Great. There we go. That's what I'm going to do. And I just made the same couple of designs again and again. And I've given a few away, you know, posted them to people and things like that because I don't need that many plant hangers. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like plant hangers are the like macrame equivalent of like, I'm going to start knitting. I'm going to make a scarf. Like, exactly yeah 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 um and then you may or may not know that I've also made a bath mat <laughs> macrame <laughs> um that was a joke because I've been going on about my bath mat but I realized that people listening to this might not know <laughs> also people don't have zoom calls with you where it's hanging in the background like some amazing <laughs> backdrop yeah so for context I I got the uh, modern macrame book I managed to get hold of a copy of it and you know flicking through uh, and I was sort of trying to figure out what I could make in there that like I would actually sort of use you know and uh, came across the sort of rugs and bath mat section I just it became imperative absolutely imperative that I make a bath mat so I set up a photography backdrop stand in my room so that I could hang the work from it and now I don't really want it. it's actually finished and I've just I'm I just quite like it it's like quite colorful hanging at the foot of my bed well macrame lends itself to being a backdrop so you know that's you know think of those amazing tapestry style fringed hangings yeah it's all getting very 70s i love it well good that you've opened yourself up to the world of macrame or macrame as some people will uh, now be shaking their fists at their listening device being like it's macrame <laughs>
Um, I have started, uh, you know, in the non-knitting uh, world, I've started a uh, tapestry, or I suppose I call it a tapestry, maybe it's not an embroidery, like a wool tapestry, mm. where um, it is cross-stitch, is the stitch that I'm doing, but I'm doing it on a like a large weave, uh, Ada, like a canvas. Mm. Um, and I'm using a kit by Emily Peacock. She does amazing uh, uh, tapestry kits, uh, like counted cross-stitch kind of kits and it was a collaboration with Rob Ryan who's a um, London-based illustrator does amazing paper cuts that's what he's most known for um, and I got that as a Christmas present many years ago and it's a circular design with like birds and it's interwoven with trees and scissors and haberdashery items of which we're all very familiar with I won't list them now and it says around it give me work to last me all of my life I think I'm paraphrasing there's something quite touching about that phrasing thinking of it in the context of what's happening right now initially I found that very hard to get started with um I was trying to explain this to my partner who asked why it was hard is you know is it harder or easier than knitting and I was explaining how with knitting I'm at the state where I can like sort of switch off if I'm watching television or a film but with this sort of crowned cross stitch thing you are looking at a chart and then looking at the piece you're working on and you can't really do by feel to like uh put a, a needle in a hole so there's, there's something i've really enjoyed about that where it's sort of taken my mind off that focus to a different um a different plane of uh, crafting where i have to think a bit more <laughs> yeah maybe that's why macrame appealed a bit more as well because that real like level of concentration required is sort of different when you're doing something that you're less familiar with. I mean, I suppose it would be a similar effect if I was making something more complicated with knitting, but like actually starting that was too much of a problem. In fact, I was saying this to to people I've been chatting to that, that I've been enjoying sewing because it requires more concentration from me. So I can have to switch everything off a bit more in order to be able to do it. And then similarly, I finally basted, I finally finished a quilt top I've been working on. Um, which I started last summer in a class with Abigail of Forest and Found at Raystitch, which is a sewing shop in London. Um, and it was a kind of like improvised patchwork class. So my quilt top is not a kind of classic, like lots of little pieces. They're quite big um, blocks of colour. And I had a lot of fun making it. I actually finished it staying with our friend Juju in January, but I finally made the back for it. And... Um, basted it together so like you know pinned the three layers together had to move all of the furniture out of my dining room with permission of my very supportive long-suffering housemates (laughs) and it was literally that same day that Gina Rockenwagner who um, she's designed a couple of times at least a couple of times with pom-pom she used to work for Pearl Soho and she's also uh, she has a brand called Soft House I believe all of this will be in the show notes big shout out to Gina who suddenly has started making Um, saved stories on her Instagram on like various how to make quilt part you know various parts of making a quilt she's like a really brilliant quilt maker like very experienced and very uh, I really love you know the work that she does and she's also just like a fun person to watch on Instagram she's very like and she's got cute cats Um. all these reasons and more yeah now you're following uh, Gina Rock and Wagner (laughs) But yeah, so like literally the day that I decided to baste my quilt was the day that she posted this save story. So it just felt very like, ah, oh, 
the planets have aligned. <laughs> um, and I've decided to hand quilt it, partly because I don't think my sewing machine is really cut out to it's a it's a big quilt it's like a duck for for a double bed um i think my sewing machine is quite it might be able to just about manage it but i just liked the idea of hand quilting it um and it sort of feeds in i think to what you're saying about work to last a lifetime and i've been kind of joking with people that i've been prepping to be stuck in my house making things for my whole life and i realize that that's a flippant way to talk about something that's quite well, that is serious, but I feel really grateful that there are things I can do in my home that I find fulfilling and interesting, even if it's sometimes hard, you know, that we've both struggled regardless of that. But I do feel very grateful that those are things mm. that um, that I kind of have around me. So that's what we've been making. Uh, we're sure you guys have something on the needles, on the hooks, on the other type of sewing needles. Uh, or maybe not, and that's fine. You're just chilling out and listening to a podcast. And we're glad to have you here. You can always get in touch on Ravelry or via email to share what you've been making. Moving on now to news. So the exciting news is that issue 33, our summer issue, is uh, due to be on its way to homes and businesses across the land. It sure is. So, of course, um, there was potential scenarios that issue 33 wouldn't wouldn't make it out this year um, because, of course, we had to make sure that we found a safe way to get it to people. Uh, the photo shoot happened before lockdown. So that meant that we, you know, we had the pictures that we could use. And uh, yeah, we're really excited for people to see it because we think in a similar vein to, you know, this podcast hopefully being something to enjoy and, and maybe a little bit of escapism. We hope that issue 33 will be a little bit of escapism in the form of potential new things to make. I mean, the key phrase here is that it might be a ray of sunshine because indeed that is the theme of issue 33. It is sun, the sun. <laughs> it is, yeah. We, uh, we've we finished our um, four elements. <laughs> we did four issues uh, loosely inspired by the sort of canonical four elements. Um, and yeah, so we finished up with sun. I'm very excited about this issue, both about uh, the patterns contained but also about the very colorful styling that we did for it and uh i hope that people find it invigorating to start off we've got some lovely collages made uh, by juju vale who we mentioned as well in this uh, podcast who helped you with quilting and um yeah there's a lot of fun fizzing colors is what i'd explain it as everything you know we love at Pom Pom making our summer issues sort of very wearable items, you know, things that you could wear in the summer seasons. Um, but within that, I suppose there's stuff that's more versatile. But yeah, everything's a, sort of a truly wearable summer knit. We're looking at lots of lovely linens and cottons as well. All the colours of like sunsets and sunrises. So you've got all the sort of hot oranges and pinks that are coming in. And um, yeah, I'm excited for everyone to see it as well. Yeah, me too. And I think by the time this 
episode comes out, the previews uh, should be up. So um, we can, so you can go and have a little browse. The magazines themselves will not be um, out and about until mid June. Yeah, I think it's like worth us sharing how we've managed to to get these uh, physical copies because, uh, of course, the digital one is a bit more straightforward in current conditions. But we are lucky that both myself and uh, one of our staff members, Sophia, live close enough to our office that we're able to get there without using public transport. And we've been, um, you know, leaving sort of social distancing gaps between when we go to the office. Sophia has been able to help with packing and so have I and my house, one of my housemates. um, I'm just going to give her a shout out, Polly. Polly Robbins has a car at the moment. And so she was able to help us take things to the post office so that we can get magazines out into the world in the safest possible manner. So that's that's been really good. And yeah, we've sort of found out, um, we've figured out a different rhythm of uh, packing and posting, which is taking longer. So we've had to spread it over a longer period of time, which is why the summer issue will be out a little bit later than it normally would be. But we're sure that, you know, everybody will understand that that's that's the way that we have had to do it. It's interesting when people, I don't know, if we're thinking of Pom Pom and it's a state, we have, you know, two offices, one in the US and one in London. And um, although there is this uh, international spread and size to Pom Pom, essentially we are a, a small business with a very core uh, group of uh, staff members as we're sort of making it work in this strange scenario in this sort of smaller setting that we are no totally I was thinking about this I was thinking about the fact that yeah that there's you know there's like eight starts you know obviously we work with loads of amazing freelancers but our core team is much smaller than that yeah so it's literally just you know been us (laughs) taking ourselves into the office you know I cycle in I'm able to cycle in so that's that's uh that's been okay and we should also shout out to gail in the us who's been keeping things running on on that side she's able to safely get into the office where she is so yeah all the necessary precautions taken and yeah we'll we'll carry on doing things like that as long as is necessary essentially and it's worth mentioning when you're if you are a subscriber maybe you are if you're listening to this podcast maybe you pick yours up at uh, an lys we know many of our uh, local yarn stores and stockists are doing amazingly via online sales or maybe they have some sort of local drop-off um maybe uh, it's worth saying now if you you know it might not be uh, feasible for you to support them how you normally would by going and visiting but um i've seen lots of things online people saying you know buying gift vouchers is a, a thing for later when you can go visit or even um you know with not if you don't have the disposable income for those kind of things right now then sharing uh, a yarn stores post on instagram or you know posting about something on facebook it's really a nice way to sort of bring that community together uh, for so many independent stockists and businesses right now so when your copy does arrive maybe or you're uh, got a delivery from a uh, yarn shop you'll notice that there are two covers there's two collectible covers for issue 33 yes indeed we couldn't decide which cover we liked more so we decided to have both the internal contents of the magazines are identical it's just the cover that's yeah. different and if you've been uh, a pom-pom buyer or subscriber for a length of time you might remember that we did two covers for issue 21 which was our five-year anniversary edition and this is our second 
foray into more than one cover. Because who makes the rules? We do. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But talking of issue 33, Soph, do you have any favourites, any must-make items? Yes, I love Sun... Well, I love them all, of course. <laughs> um, I love Sunwake by Wenka Peterman, which is a cropped top with a little lace triangle detail. I can imagine just throwing that on over long summer dresses, maybe, or even with a cute little high-waisted trousers, just as a little crop top. I think it's also, it appeals to me greatly because it looks like it's going to be a speedy, high-satisfaction project. It's in... Blue Sky Alpaca's uh, like a skinny cotton, I think it's called, which is like a sportway cotton. Um, I'm excited for that because of its, one, versatility, two, potential to be a quick knit, three, I think it will be economical yarn choice uh, with some really great cottons out there, which I think people overlook cotton sometimes like as a staple for a, a simple knit. I think cotton has a, had a bad rep for a while, didn't it? Because it can be quite like hard on your hands if you're used to working with wool because wool has... Well, not just wool, but animal-related fibres often have more um, give. Sure. Cotton, not so much. But I think that, um, especially if you're making something smaller, then that doesn't matter as much. But I also feel like cottons have, the way they're kind of spun and produced, I feel like they're a bit more easy on the hand, some of them, than they used to be. Mm. And also, in a similar... This also uses cotton. Um, I love the bag that is in issue 33, uh, which is Gunish, which is the Turkish word for sun. Um, and that's designed by Ezge Tandogan Onat, who is Turkish. Very fitting that it has a Turkish word for its title. And it's a crochet bag. And there's something quite retro about it that I really love, sort of colour-blocked crochet. Um, I mean, I just love it. That's all I can say, really. It looks like a really cool, old-fashioned I had a knitting bag that somebody had given me that was like someone's granny's that had like similar kind of big, I think the handles were plastic in the one that I had, but this one's got like the, the sample has like, you know, big kind of wooden handles and like, yeah, there's something kind of retro about it, but it also, I think the way that it's color blocked makes it quite a bit more modern. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, even if it doesn't look modern, I think I want to make it with really retro 70 colours. We're getting in very deeply into the 70s right now. What's happening? So, um, big shout out for the bag. I think there's something... I don't know why it gives me such joy to have a big old retro bag to carry around. <laughs> you don't need to worry about why it gives you joy. If it gives you joy, then then that's, that's, your, that's your reason, isn't it? That was my nickname at uh, university. Big old retro bag. <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew that you'd choose that bag. It's uh, it's very like you were particularly excited about the sample, I think. I mean, not that I wasn't, but I just remember sure. your face lighting up. Like, <laughs> so what are your faves from issue 33? What, what are you penciling in for uh, next, next knits? Well, I haven't crocheted anything in quite a long time. I actually learned to crochet before I learned to knit. A little bit of history there for you all fascinating really fascinating but anyway I um but I haven't actually made anything crocheted anything for a long time like I use crochet to you know kind of maybe um stabilize a neckline or for cast-ons and things like that so I feel like it's really it's got to be time for me to actually create something with crochet that I can wear and I'm thinking of making uh Delta by Issa Katapian who's designed for us several times 
I really like the uh, style of the top that she's designed. It's like a kind of vest top um, with a little square neck and it's got like a kind of, you can cinch the waist if you want to by putting a kind of little bit of eye cord through there. Um, it's got like a little kind of lace design at the bottom. So it's quite kind of simple, like quite simple lines. And I think because I haven't crocheted anything in quite a while, that perhaps it's a good gateway for me to get back in, um, to get into a kind of nice rhythm. So yeah, I'd love to make that one. Haven't decided what I will make it in yet because I think getting hold of Pearl Soho's burnish, which is what um, the sample was made in, which is a really beautiful summer yarn. Um, Pearl Soho have lots of really lovely summer yarns. But yeah, I think possibly getting hold of that right now might not be the most realistic uh, or reasonable thing to do. So I'm going to have a little think about what might be available a bit close to home. Um, And the other one that I'm particularly drawn to at the moment is Ardent by Amalia Zeba of uh, Kindred Red who uh, so Kindred Red is her uh, is Amalia's yarn brand and she does like these amazing like really intensely colorful really like saturated but then also like lots of kind of speckles and um, variegated color Um, we met her at Indie Untangled in October there last year and she is uh, you know, really lovely, really wonderful person. It was so fun to see her yarn in real life as well. I bought some <laughs> some fluffy kind of watercolory coloured yarn that were. Do you remember? I was like, I'm going to be like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. <laughs> That's how I feel every day. <laughs> and I still, I will make that jumper, and I will be like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. I cannot wait. But in the meantime, I will be like a design of Amalia's. <laughs> which is this amazing like uh again it's kind of like a cropped uh quite sort of boxy top um and it's got kind of ruffled sleeves a little kind of ruffle cap sleeves and this amazing like um sort of intarsia sun design on the back at the bottom of the so it looks like a little like either sunrise or sunset at the back and then these kind of big blocky intarsia stripes it sounds like it has a lot going on. It's got ruffles and then a sunrise and then yeah. stripes, but it, just, it all comes together and it's got split hem. <laughs> Me describing it makes it sound way, like the, it's like very, actually got quite sort of clean lines and it's quite like, um, you know, they're quite big colour blocks. But I think I would get a lot of wear out. I like the, you know, I think the shape is something that I would wear a lot. And I'm, I think, you know, choosing three, it's in three different colours, choosing three colours would be super fun so those are my picks excellent well uh just a reminder you can view all the patterns we'll have these on the show notes but also links to where you can find them on ravelry and of course you can pre-order or maybe you want to subscribe to issue 33 you can do that via the pom-pom website um but yeah check out the show notes if you want to see any photos or details of what we're talking about (laughs) Um, even though we painted the picture beautifully with ruffles and stripes (laughs) Ruffles and stripes, oh my! So while we're talking about issues that are happening now, obviously there's been some plans for 2020 that have changed. We are planning to forge ahead with the quarterly magazine, but many of you will see what we started this year by announcing uh, we were working with the amazing Gudrun Johnson for Shetland Trader 3. Uh, and this book has been uh, unfortunately postponed, which is a shame because we're really looking forward to releasing it this year. But that will be now a release for uh, 2021 at Rhinebeck, Sheep and Wool in the US uh, next year. Yeah, and it'll be sort of pre-released next year at Shetland Wool Week, which of course 
was cancelled this year. Um, and yeah, you know, I think Gudrun and the Pom Pom team, you know, we were very excited about having that out for you this year, but it's, as you all understand, I'm sure more important for everybody to stay safe and we'll just, um, you know, bring it to you next year in its best possible form, um, maybe even better. So don't call it a comeback, even though this is exactly what this podcast is, but we're bringing back top three. I know top three is like the first segment maybe that we ever thought of and it seemed like the least likely I don't want to be mean to top three but it seemed like it might be the least likely one to stand the test of time but it turns out that it's just the segment that keeps on giving I mean right making a podcast anyway is indulgent we've uh, talked about that but listing the things that we like which is mainly just a podcast anyway top three is exactly that listing Top three things of a certain theme that we've chosen. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it won't surprise anyone that our top three for this uh, this episode, I was going to say this week, oh, this episode um, is top three new things we've tried in lockdown. So, Soph, I'm very interested to hear what your top three things you've tried in lockdown are. This is pretty much a lockdown trope from people I've seen, which is I tried to make a sourdough starter. So within that, I'm lucky that we found some flour because I know that is not always easy for everyone to find right now in the shops. Um, it was something that I tried before and made some very, very ugly loaves. Uh, not even good for toasting, just ugly hunks of dough <laughs> that no one would love. But um, tried sourdough and now I'm one of those people who... Uh, shares photos of bread with their colleagues on zoom (laughs) does it feel like a weird pet that you have that you have to keep feeding uh not too pet like it does feel like what does it feel like no (laughs) my housemates two of my housemates have have, uh, joined in the exciting sourdough bread making trend they jumped on that particular bandwagon um and they uh, they talk about the sourdough starter like it's a pet of some kind and they're like co-parenting it. Right. I think the, we've tried to do it one, uh, two, at least two or three times and we gave it a name each time and this one I haven't named so I don't know because I didn't because the other ones had gone badly been hurt before and I didn't want to give this one a name so now it's nameless and maybe that's been part of its success. <laughs> maybe they like being anonymous sourdough starters. You don't right. Like putting, you don't want to put it, don't put me in a box, man. <laughs> but put me an airtime airtime lid in uh, the fridge sometimes. But yeah, don't. <laughs> um, okay, cool. <laughs> so that was number three. Number two, um, I feel bad that it took me a lockdown to try this, but growing um, vegetables from scraps. So I've grown some spring onion and some celery and some uh, bok choy which I got in a veg box, which is very exciting. So it's essentially just taking the root of this uh, vegetable, putting in some water and then watering it. And I've been really uh, excited to sort of keep an eye on these little green uh, pots on the windowsill. And uh, they've been sprouting up uh, in a very beautiful way. And 
I'd encourage anyone to have a go if you have uh, these little scrap things. I've been seeing other things where people have been taking the seeds uh, out of like bell peppers as well and growing little seedlings like that. And even someone was taking the seeds off a strawberry and planting them up to make strawberry plants. Wow. Uh, That's been really fun doing a little bit of experimenting with that. And I think, yeah, it's a nice sort of thing of time, like, you know, adding up of stitches, like the growing of a plant is a nice kind of slow methodical thing to sort of mark uh, a passage of time which kind of at the moment can seem a little uh, ethereal and not as regular as we'd see you know like I think feel like days out or like events going places would sort of be more of a uh, split up of time but now I might measure it uh, by celery so it's celery o'clock at my house <laughs> and my number one thing which I feel incredibly grateful and lucky with is um Getting to know my neighbours has been the top new thing that I tried in lockdown. Uh, I've only recently moved to a new place of October last year and, you know, sort of uh, very superficially chatted with the neighbours, sort of, oh, we should go get a drink, oh, we should get to know each other. And, you know, as so often these things do happen, you sort of don't end up uh, doing it, maybe. I don't know. I feel like that's, that's me. Maybe people are better at keeping to commitments, but you know, time sort of runs away with you. And um, the scenario right now, especially with the neighbours that we have, I sort of live in a, a block of six flats, the neighbours who are directly opposite us, um, it sort of fast-tracked our neighbourly uh, alliance where we've been looking out for each other. And, you know, if one person's doing a trip to the shop, we'll sort of check in with the other one person via WhatsApp. We're all doing this very safely over, over door stops or over uh, the garden fence. And yeah, um, we've been lending each other lots of items, uh, not limited to, I've done some of the items we've been texting each other, like, do you have this? Uh, so plug adapters for a shaver, bamboo canes, baking paper, and paintbrushes. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been, I feel that's like, um, I remember, oh, and a drill actually, because I was saying, this one of the phrases that a, a tutor at university would always say, which I, um, I like to remember where it, the community doesn't need drills, the community needs holes. So with a, a different setup of a structure of how we share and lend stuff is, you know, if everybody, not everybody needs to own a drill if we can all share it. Obviously, this is very idealist thinking right now. But, you know, to have there's some like, uh, there's like lending libraries and things, so like tool libraries and just sort of, it's a shift in how, I've sort of operated and worked with the neighbours on these kind of things, how this unusual and this unprecedented scenario has sort of changed rather than us saying like, right, I'll go to the shops tomorrow and buy that, being able to change that shift in how we how we communicate and what can work with each other. Well, it's got a little wholesome right there at the end yeah, for you guys. That's, <laughs> that's so nice. That's so nice that that's, you know, I think it's useful to not, you know, like finding silver linings is a nice way to kind of ease getting through something really difficult. And that seems like a nice little silver lining for you. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, top three, uh, top three new lockdown things, Lydia. (laughs) So I have, um, I've not included any crafts in this, uh, because otherwise it would just be a list of things we've already talked about, (laughs) like (laughs) doing a macrame and sewing. Um, so number three i have (laughs) and this is very specific to my household it's uh making deep fried pickles because we (laughs) 
have a deep fat fryer here. And uh-huh. before lockdown, the only time I'd ever had deep fried pickles was in North America, uh, once in Canada and once in the States. And I'm a big fan of pickles. And I didn't even, it never occurred to me that deep frying a pickle would be a good idea. But it turns out that it's absolutely a good idea and that it's not that hard to do if you own a deep fat fryer, which I I realise is very lucky that we have one in the house. I mean, you know, I have the combined belongings of five people. There's five of us here. Um, So you've got five deep fat fryers. It's like we have five deep fat fryers. Yeah, exactly. So we each have our own personal deep fat fryer to fry pickles in. (laughs) But um, it's a slightly, you know, random one and it's probably not as wholesome as baking your own sourdough bread. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's something I've uh, I've really enjoyed. I'm not saying I'm doing it regularly, but it definitely um, the day that we the couple of times we've done it, I have been super into it. Number two, I'm going to go with Zoom quizzes. Um, I think that there's a few different strands to this. One of them is that you know I feel like I'm already reasonably familiar with communicating with people remotely you know Megan who's um you know my co-editor and co-founder of Pom Pom and you know our colleague she lives in Austin in Texas um so a lot of my interactions with Megan have been remote for quite some time and she's not you know the only person I know who lives abroad but um obviously going from having a few people who live far away from you that you communicate with regularly to everyone you don't live with being somebody you communicate with you know via Zoom or um, FaceTime or you just WhatsApp um, you know, that's a bit of a shift. And some of the, I think some people, including myself, are finding that, you know, the, the positive that we can all maintain contact and that we can see each other's faces often, you know, if our technology allows us to, that that's really wonderful. But it also can be kind of fatiguing, like screen, just constantly looking at screens all day, um, you know, possibly more than we used to. And also that there's something very different, you know, if you've got 10 people sat in a room, the conversation you're not all going to be necessarily talking about one specific thing but when you're on zoom you can't kind of break off into smaller conversations it's hard to have a group gathering but the quizzes <laughs> create structured fun which I'm a big fan of because I'm a cool fun <laughs> um but I've enjoyed I've I haven't done loads of the quizzes but we've done you know I've done I mean I've done zero zoom quizzes before lockdown and <laughs> um but I found that, you know, the different groups of people I've done them with, you know, I've done them with my family, I've done them with different groups of friends. Uh, or maybe I should change this to like structured Zoom activities because we've had quizzes, one of which included a round that was written by um, Eli, who wrote the music for this podcast uh, and also used to edit it. Um, he created a round in which he had dug through the participants' Facebook statuses from you know, 2009, when Facebook statuses, you know, those of you who remember using Facebook at that point, Facebook statuses were like, it was like when people were still learning how to use the internet and just put like random, I mean, people still do this, but like the things that people used to put as their statuses on Facebook, I think probably you and I would no longer put something like that on social media, maybe. I think I was more of the school of putting a cool lyric and then everyone would know if uh, you know if they knew that lyric they knew uh they knew and then they knew what I was about it yeah. was pretty cool <laughs> right but I mean <laughs> so so he'd dug through our um Facebook statuses and then you know the quite there were there weren't as many statuses as there were participants but we had to guess who had 
posted the thing as their status. And there was some real gems there. Um, I think that's a fantastic idea for a quiz. I've been waiting so I can like do a quiz with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> around. So that was a real uh, that was a real highlight. And we've also had um, a Tuesday night drawing club with my friend Susie, who is a art teacher and wonderful artist in her own right. Very uh, talented uh, draftswoman. She's been doing like little sessions where she kind of teaches us a few drawing techniques and and those of us on the call kind of sit there and draw. And it's easier because we're not all trying to talk all the time, but you get that kind of sense of, you know, doing something with your friends and you have a little catch up, but it, it kind of feels less intense than trying to have like a group conversation. Yeah. So that's been that's been a nice lockdown activity. Um, and then my number one lockdown activity is playing The Sims. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess first thing is for me to explain what The Sims is in case people don't know uh, it's a video game that first came out I think in the late 90s I haven't actually double checked but I do remember playing it uh, when I was quite young uh, like the first version of it um, and since then there's been various versions but basically uh, and it kind of sounds <laughs> it sounds kind of like quite dull um, but the concept is that you um, have people sims that you kind of play like you um and and you're kind of watching over them like you're not um kind of looking through their eyes but you're you're kind of it's a bit like sim city or something where you're kind of looking down from above and you like get them a job and build them a house and they have relationships i don't know if everybody does it this way but like maybe live vicariously i mean people play it in all sorts of different ways um and like as the sims kind of went on they added all sorts of additional things you could do like um there was an expansion pack that I had when I was playing it like in my early 20s where you like could make a really nice garden and then if you became good enough for gardening then you'd become like a plant sim and you'd like go green and you'd be able to just live on um water and sunshine (laughs) um but yeah so this is a video game that like I've always loved. I played a lot of video games when I was a teenager, like mainly ones a bit like that, like Civilization, um, you know, where you're kind of building civilizations. Um, Age of Empires was my favorite one. (laughs) But yeah, so um, when lockdown happened, the makers of The Sims like really discounted the newest version, which is Sims 4, which you kind of play like online which is obviously exciting and new to someone like me who used to buy you know dvds of games and install them that way um and i specifically was like i cannot get the sims because i will get really addicted to it again because it's always been like one of my kind of the things that i get most addicted to of video games like that and like i said i played a lot when i was a kid and when i was at university um i used to have a lot of fun like building my friends in the sims um (laughs) things like that building houses is super fun you can decorate the house and like as you progress in your career and you got a bit more cash you like buy yourself fancy things um anyway so i had resisted buying sims 4 and then for my birthday which was in um sort of mid-april my housemates bought me sims 4 (laughs) and i was uh, really delighted um and promptly spent the following week like all of my free time playing the sims Uh, and since then i've kind of slowed down a little bit and i've been playing it like you know a couple of times a week and it took kind of getting used to because the game has changed a little bit uh but honestly i have been loving it i mean a lot of people i know have been playing animal crossing and i don't really know that much about animal crossing but i think it's probably reasonably 
similar um, in terms of what is fun about it. Although I can't really talk about Animal Crossing, as I say, but like the thing that I have loved about The Sims, and I guess this applies to like, I mean, any video game or any anything that really completely absorbs your attention is like it just it's total escapism for me because I think um you know it's been really amazing doing all of the extra crafting that I've been so lucky to have the time to do you know like this macrame and doing lots of sewing and and that's been really wonderful but there's something about um you know being productive is it's a complicated thing like um the idea that you you know I struggle with only feeling good about myself when I've been really productive uh, and for me productivity uh, involves like making things um and you know making things is wonderful and being productive in that way like I find it really fulfilling but I think I was kind of pushing myself to do that so that I felt like I was like doing something and kind of relinquishing that and being able to just really like just be immersed in this completely made up game um is actually really soothing bizarrely and I found it like yeah I've you know obviously it's it's kind of a running joke now in my house everybody asks after my sims and um they have pets which is very exciting so I've got you know pet sim dogs and cats and you know my sims are astronauts and all this kind of stuff but the kind of specifics of the game are almost beside the point uh it's yeah for me it's been about just like properly escaping you know just escapism yeah it's kind of that's kind of it yeah so that's been my number one <laughs> lockdown activity in terms of something that I just like hadn't done for such a long time but have absolutely loved yeah I think well it's, it's interesting I feel like there's so many there's so many ways to ex- experience what's happening right now and whatever way someone's experiencing will be valid for them like we've been talking about being able to connect with projects that maybe we haven't had before but at the same time someone who is feeling a pressure of you know other commitments of caring or or work or lack of work and yeah it's um so many different ways in which people are experiencing this and it's just so amazing to me and I mean that in the sense of like not necessarily good amazing but like it amazes me that the whole so many people all over the world are experiencing something you know so similar that I can speak to Megan in a whole different country and you know she's also uh you know at home um you know social distancing um and you know we feel also really lucky to have the pom-pom community you know we've got our own community amongst us as colleagues and we've got a community of people who read pom-pom who who you know subscribers and you pomcats we haven't said pomcats yet yeah (laughs) saving it to the end pomcat (laughs) listeners um and you know we as we've said we'd love to hear from from the pomcats from you all um if there's any things that you'd like to share at all then uh there are many means for you to share them. Yes, we have the Ravelry forum, as we mentioned. We have our email address, podcast at pompommag.com. And you can find all the news about Pompom on our Instagram, our Twitter. We have a weekly newsletter now, comes out every Friday for little uplifting tidbits and news from the POM team. 
Um, you can subscribe to that via the website. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing where this new uh, iteration of the podcast goes. We hope you enjoyed listening. Um, we'll hopefully be back again soon with uh, more news, more like lockdown crafts and uh, lowdowns. <laughs> more rambles and music. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> So thanks for for joining. Uh, We hope we weren't too rusty. And we hope that uh, wherever you are, you're able to, you know, maybe get a little bit of soothing crafting done. Or if not, we hope that you enjoyed uh, listening to us. Indeed. Take care, Pomcats. We love you. Bye. Pomcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, along with the team at Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. You can buy your copy of the magazine and subscribe too at our online shop, www.pompommag.com forward slash shop. A big thanks to Eli Block for creating the original music for this show and for being an essential part in creating this podcast. For more Eli-related music, go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks as always to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks to the whole Pom Pom team. You know who you are. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and why not leave a review? Send any feedback or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com. And don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pom Pom Ravelry Forum. Podcast, activate! (laughs)